US federal debt is at the highest levels ever. It's growing like wildfire. They can't service it. It's this is the, the worst economy I've ever seen. Hey, welcome all to episode 15 of Runtime Reverie. We're here today with uh, Craig and Pat, and we're going to be talking about the latest news and topics and tech and business and uh, see where the conversation takes us. So uh, where should we start, boys? I I think we talk about all this, um, uh, all these sort of bankruptcies and financial issues that are going on. Timely. Um, yeah yeah like we yeah. went for a round of layoffs at work you know 185 people out uh because of interest rates prom primarily um, eating away all previous cost savings and things and yeah, it's a pretty pretty harsh set when you turn up to work and you know <laughs> most of your mates are gone and you know right. you want to find out how to you know you do the rounds try and find a few people a few jobs which always works it's always a nice mm -hmm. thing to try and do and look after them but uh yeah there's some good good people if anyone knows of a spot you want a good programmer a great design team i got a lot of people you know there was a website uh a year or two ago in the midst of covid layoffs mm. that was doing really well and it, it basically listed all the companies in tech that are hiring yeah and well, it, i think yeah. it was just like an air table table it was it was yeah, very freeform and everyone could just look and post and help each other out yeah, because most of those things were it was about right 25 20 percent sort of most of all the tech market sort of shrank and like the stats of when when you lose that many people of how many people found jobs within a certain time frame it was like above the 90 percent within the three months so within three months basically everyone had been rehired all over again yeah. uh, absorbed through in into other positions and stuff so you know they get their severance but they get a three month severance Right, which seems generous, but when you take into consideration that it will take three months to find another job, you basically cut out even. Right? Also, it's happening in November, and nothing's going to happen in December, so it makes it harder. Yeah, there might not be a job coming till January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of particularly difficult for anyone who's there on a work visa or something right, where they. Yeah, I no, that's. I, I, I shouldn't joke about this, but there's going to be a lot of Santa Clauses in the mall this year. I think. Mm. Yeah. Hey, no, I want to be Santa Claus. No, I want to be Santa Claus. No, I want to be Santa Claus. <laughs> Do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer plays Santa Claus with his friend? I've never really been into Seinfeld. It's oh uh, my god, you need to watch more yeah. Seinfeld. Oh, hang on. I, I might say you would be really into Seinfeld if you watched Seinfeld when it first came out, but some of them don't travel the test of time too well. Some no, yeah. are timeless. Some are. Not as good as that language. Disagree. All gold. But uh, but hey, so yeah, talk about um, uh, sort of layoffs and investments and whatnot. The big news this week was WeWork, right? So mm. I've got the numbers here. They were once valued at guess how many billions uh, dollars WeWork was valued at once? Seventy billion or sixty something billion? Forty-seven billion dollars uh. by private investors, including SoftBank. Um, and now approximately zero. No, no, no. Uh, well, no more than that. Then, when it went public, it went from forty-seven billion to nine billion. Um, guess what it was worth on Friday? Forty-five million. So it went from forty-seven billion to nine billion to forty-five million. Now bankrupt. They're filing for Chapter Eleven. They're out of the game. Shares closed at eighty-four cents a piece. 
as a as a number here they're basically wrecked they're totally gone and someone's going to get a whole bunch of property in a fire sale property because often they were taking out big leases on basically a subleasing sort of scheme they'll get the property but they'll get the lease and it'll be a renovated space and they'll be able to negotiate like hell with whoever i think adam newman the ceo whatever his name was he was buying a lot of property for himself i think he's pretty dodgy yeah it didn't help um but, but also, it's going to be not as easy to offload some of that stuff. I know in the CBD of Melbourne, right, there is commercial property is vacant everywhere. Oh, really? you know, uh, the nature of work has changed, right? So a lot of people aren't coming back. So there's a lot of big companies with a lot of floor space that they would love to get rid of, but they get rid of it to who? Yeah. No one else wants it. My friend's business uh, just bought, uh, no, just leased a floor of a nice building on Collins Street right here in Melbourne. Best street in town. Whole floor, $10,000, not per month, for the whole year. No way. What? Really? For the whole year, $10,000. That's cheaper than rent. <laughs> it's incredibly cheap. What? Uh, and when you look around, it, the rest is all empty. It's all That's empty. Awesome. There's nobody in town. There's nobody in town. Uh, anecdotally, I went out Saturday evening to you know just go see what's happening with nightlife. Nobody's out. Everything closes by 10, 10.30. It's just all closed. Really? Bloody hell. Yeah. The city's just, because no one's going out anymore and lots of people have moved away from cities and it's just not what it used to be because you know people are not going out anymore. Because it came back post COVID, but like it was feeling, I don't know, six, 12 months ago, it's feeling more alive, but you're saying it's a little it bit, but you, really go, you go you go to the city late in the evening when they, you know this is a mega city. You used to have a lot of activity, a lot of energy. That's just not not there anymore. I, I actually think if you go on like a you you go on your Thursdays or Friday nights, right? So people come into the city. Mm. So basically, the social side of life is actually still really really vibrant. So you know, like my son works in the restaurants. They're doing you know a lot of covers through you know the the social times right it's it's the lunch during work hours that that's down right so they don't get a lot through that so the good restaurants and stuff do all right the ones you know that aren't your top line ones you know you're non going out they're struggling a lot harder but here's the dichotomy for me right we work and like the whole thing was that a lot of this sort of shared sort of space where you just rent a space for hours, days and everything is, you know, dropped post-COVID and that it wasn't really that valuable. But we go to the hub, right, which is the one in Melbourne. That's actually quite a vibrant little community, right? There's still lots of people who go there. Like, it could be a lot busier. I, I'm not 100% sure. But WeWork was always, like, dead as, right? So it actually couldn't compete against the other smaller branded places like WeWork was the big brand compared to everyone else everyone had heard of WeWork, especially with the target demographic of tech people and everything yet still couldn't attract them where these other little places actually did all right yeah maybe and we'll, we'll see what happens to the little ones like the hub i i hope they do okay but they're still going to have a massive huge lease it's going to be expensive and a few people cancel and it's going to be rough for them. Well, they are by putting up new locations. Like, they're not going backwards. Are they? Yeah. How many do they have now? Uh, about 70-ish, I think, last... Uh, oh, this, this we is work at wild. 777 locations. Yeah. yeah One but... of which was in Seoul. Do you remember, Pat? We tried to find it. Yeah. And we couldn't even find the damn thing because it was, yeah. I think, 
shot down already. You'd had 770, but 760 of them weren't used really. <laughs> There'll be some in there for sure that will be still viable working ones because they're in a good spot or they had a good community, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, the only people who would want to take over those sorts of things are your, your trendier sort of more modernish companies who want that kind of fit out and that kind of... No, no, here's what you do. Them, and it's going to be hard. If you had the money, you'd take over and you'd say, hey, look, I've got this great fitted out amazing office now. Uh, but hey, landlord, I'm not going to pay you what the previous lease was. I'm going to pay you one tenth of it. Yeah. You know, and and, uh, and I think you'd, you'd have a lot of bargaining power. So I think someone's going to make out pretty well there. Yeah, the, the we work too. That's actually like a well-run yeah. company. Yeah, <laughs> second, second or third iteration. Uh, I heard this this little one on the the all in. One of the guys was talking about it. They're saying that the um, the third owners of a business typically are the ones that make money. Yeah, right. The first owner somehow screws up. The second one buys in a fire sale, but also makes some mistakes. The third one hmm. then has figured it out and they make some money. It's interesting because that goes against the Japanese philosophy of the the third the third child always destroys a family business. This is this is what people don't realize about bankruptcy. Bankruptcy doesn't mean you've destroyed the assets or like lost mm. the value. Um, you know, we're talking about we work, but the same thing could happen to an airline. Airline goes bankrupt. It's not the end of the world. The planes don't disappear tomorrow. The planes are still there. The office building is still there. Uh, it's just that that business, the way it was running, didn't work. So the investors get wiped out. Whoever invested in that thing and they thought that it was yeah. worth 47 billion, those people get wiped out. But somebody else is going to get the plane or get the building and do something with well, it. Virgin Australia was that classic example of going, you know, into a bankruptcy, you know, scenario, reinventing, coming out. It's doing quite good now mm. for an airline. Yeah, right. For the for the one that's not the national carrier as well. Yeah, if only that happens with the national carrier and all that got wiped out of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, they they you know they got a bit of help there. Good timing, bit of help. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool that. Hey, uh, the next topic. Did you see uh, what happened to the FTX case with Sam Backman Freed? Yeah, he's been arrested. Not well, only did he get arrested, his trial happened, and it finished this last week. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, like it went long enough for them to actually get a free lunch, didn't it? <laughs> hey, the the jury, you know how they spend all these days deliberating once the evidence is, do you know how long they deliberated? Five hours. They deliberated for five hours, then found them guilty of all charges. Done. Throughout how, you know, what a sentence is. Like were, they all, years. Yeah. were they all amateur crypto investors? Is that why they tell that quick? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but... Like, um, they're surely going to turn, because um, what's his name wrote a book who did the big short. They're surely going to turn this into a big short, right? Yeah, like in sure. Three years. It, there'll be a book, there'll be a story, there'll be a movie about this, because this is the biggest, biggest fraud case ever. By far, numerically, it's just huge. Um, what, what I found funny, though, um, there's uh, it, it's sort of related, the, so that you know how the SEC has this thing about crypto and how they're trying to, you know, sort of police and monitor all these crypto companies like FTX. Did you know that the SEC has a rule that you cannot work for the SEC if you own any crypto? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they can't actually hire anyone that has any crypto. So they can't notionally hire anyone who has any knowledge of crypto. <laughs> do, they, do they not hire That's anyone there. who also has money? <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird thing, right? Hmm. Yeah, like do they have something that says you, you can't work here if you have any stocks? 
yeah, you can, if you have any stocks, if you if you have a retirement account or a 401k or whatever, you can't work here. Do they do that? I doubt it. I think they should. I don't know. Be, I reckon if you did work for the SEC and you had stocks, you should be forced to sell them. I would, I'd um, be okay. No, because no, everyone has stocks in their retirement account. You should be forced to declare them yeah. so that any um, any sort of a prejudice or whatever you might have or bias is very, very open and you can everyone can see what you're holding. Yeah. Um, that's fine. And in fact, many, many roles are like that where you have to declare, hey, I have this thing, just so everyone knows. But everyone's got stock. Every, like, you know, you buy an index fund somewhere in your retirement account, you have stock. You probably have a lot of Conflict of interest is a, a sort of a well-worn path, right? Where, you know, problems happen when people are, you know, and you can see they're a bit dodgy, especially with politicians, you know, uh, having shares and holdings in mm. certain things or going to a job after their term, you know, being promised something that they were going to rule on. But, mm. you know, you should... I think, you know, you have recusal of, you know, like if I'm uh, looking after a particular case or something and you are a shareholder, you are out. You, you can't do that. Yeah. Do politicians have to declare if they have any share? Uh, uh, it depends on which country. Um, I know with Australia, you definitely do. Really? Okay. Okay. That's good. I think, that, I mean, that, that stuff should absolutely be declared and and same with crypto if you hold crypto and you're working on yeah. some anti-crypto regulation you should declare what you have yeah, so no, the former president of the united states is still waiting for his investigations to clear before he can release his tax returns from the previous elections i haven't been following that case are you guys following it oh, a little man. bit yeah what what's happening what are they charging him with hang on which case yeah there's multiple, are there multiple? As, yeah. I, I think he's got five concurrent ones at the moment yeah at last count. <laughs> um, he's already guilty of the property one where he overinflated the value of the property assets in New York. Yeah, um, but everyone in New York overinflated the value of property There's, there's overinflated and then there's the uh, overinflated to actually get uh, financial advantage through deception, which is he's oh, already right. been guilty of that. They're just going through the trial of the workout, the magnitude of the fine, which... Right. That's the only case he turns up to. Um, being thrown in jail, you know, overthrowing a country. Ah, don't bother turning up that. If it was money, he was there. Hold on. He's in jail? No, no. He, he's, it's it's a possibility in the other court cases, but not this one. Right. Hmm. Uh, this one is uh, civil only. And, uh, yeah, can... Uh, yeah, but he's he's keen because it's actually his... hurts right at his ego. Money. This is going to be such a... Um entertaining next u.s election i think not entertaining at all it's going to be awful in a very sad way uh, no, I, saw, I saw one thing the other day where he's actually leading the polls yeah yeah he is fucking nuts but the, poll, but the elections are like a year away right well, at least in yeah. australia going all right election 30 days time done yeah yeah but, but they start two years before the election but but even worse once they've elected someone it, there's a transition period that goes on for many many months whereas in australia it's like uh, you, you got, you're out that night. Next yeah, week, yeah, you're right. you're you've got two weeks to move your stuff out. The mo removalists are coming your way. Oh, they're pre-booked. <laughs> they need to. They need to give them time so you can, you know, when you do the transition, so you can, you know, lynch your vice president. You know, you've got to give them time. <laughs> no, but that, there are like the whole concept of a transition team is something that we don't have. Like, you just go to the new team. 
I didn't even know that was a thing. They have transition thing teams. Teams, yeah, big yeah. one. Yeah, it's a it's a whole process and procedure. But I think it's a bit like uh, for us, our politicians are often quite useless. That you know, we had like that drawn election one time where it was yeah. took many months to sort out. Country went on as normal because it's all run by bureaucrats, very well. You know, smooth. Most of the things that the politicians do don't have much impact on the day to day sort of things. But that's one thing in Australia I really appreciate. I I see being different like it just things carry on there's very little that politics you know impacts you uh, yeah. in the day-to-day -day. usually you, you you know you can just not pay too much attention um in the us it is it's just everywhere it's a blood sport there yeah. <laughs> it is really yeah. although i do appreciate the new zealand political scene more you know it's just ah yeah. oh, it's just so much sweeter and nicer yeah and yeah. their ads are all homemade, which is great to watch. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay, what else? What's next on the docket? What, what, what else do we have to talk about? I don't know. I mean, there's a big conversation. Our Prime Minister went to China to try and get um, trade going again. So China had a couple of years ago stopped certain things from um, being imported from Australia. And, um, yeah, so, didn't yeah. that all go well? I read some headlines saying that it's all fixed and they're friends again. Yeah, uh, there's there's no fixed, is there? It's just the we need you, you need us kind of scenario. Uh, the strategy was we will use our economic might, we'll smash Australia into submission, and it will understand who its new masters are. And it went absolutely backwards because it failed on basic economic principles of supply and demand. Right. So if you don't buy. A certain thing and you own a large chunk of that market and you decide you're not paying for it anymore then that floods the rest of the market which brings down all the prices everywhere else right mm -hmm. and so your price of your commodity has now just dropped in value so and if your commodity is of good quality and better than the others and the others are staying the same and yours drops down cheaper eventually they're all going to buy yours so mm -hmm. they bought all the australian commodities throughout the rest of the markets so then all that was left to buy was either the really expensive second-rate stuff right which they tried to consume up but then they had to go through middlemen to go and buy the australian stuff as well so they were just basically shot themselves in the foot and so mm -hmm. their economy suffered greatly trying to harm someone else oh um, their economy's um screwed independently of we're just such a small no we're um, a big part of it we're we're a massive part of it um, they had to shut down power stations for their manufacturing and all of those sorts of things because they didn't have enough coal to run them. Um, but when they said, oh, look, all fair, all done, sorted now, um, we're willing to buy your stuff now. Can you now sell it to us? You go, we sign new contracts, guys. It's being sold elsewhere. So now it's a longer term effect for those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work the, the way they want. They thought, because China is different to Australia. Australia economics and politics are largely separate you know like obviously politics is all driven by economics and the, the perception of it but you'll find a politician if it's good economic news it's all of their responsibility if it's bad it's market forces right it's not anything to do with them but most of the time it doesn't matter what they do it just happens that way uh, whereas china owning a business is a state controlled activity and you can't get really good at it because well, then you've got too much power and that's not good you can't be more powerful than the state-run enterprises so it's just a different mechanism they run the whole country as a business that's the whole viewpoint right yeah mm. 
naive understanding. Um, wasn't there also a big property company in China? Massive property companies. Yeah, yeah, they're all um, in trouble. Yeah, they were, and they were having issues because again, they had the same problem everyone else has. You know, here's a whole bunch of empty buildings that we've got. Yeah, I don't understand like the economic forces behind what drove them, or whether they were subsidies or anything else to just keep pushing things through. But all I remember is watching these videos of them demolishing three-quarter built towers and not just one or two like whole cities hmm. which is just absolutely massive they go well they just can't have it there and complete it they've just got to blow them up and just gonna, i don't know what scenario would lead that to happen but why not just leave it why are they breaking things i don't know it's foreign to me um oh my god crazy crazy but yeah yeah look i think that the next while uh for the market in general the economy in general but particularly in tech businesses, I think is going to be rough. I think the next six months is going to be very, very rough. All these um, commercial property problems, uh, all these banking problems with, with, with all these bad debts and overinflated property prices, they are going to affect every business. Um, and tech's going to be just as affected because they are going to have, they're the ones with all these big overinflated values. Well, you've got a lot of global instability as well, right? So you've still got Ukraine and Russia causing yeah. a lot of, troubles and then you've got you know the crazy middle east yeah um scenarios of what's going on in there but then you've got the us being extra stressed helping those things out yeah. right just trying to supply goods to these uh people it's you know if those things went away the us economy would pick up dramatically you know its focus would be better it's going it, pretty well at the moment it's doing pretty good but it's from my External uh, what's, what's doing good the u.s economy i beg to disagree yeah I, I look i think it's doing better than what people do but a yeah. lot of economics isn't actually on raw numbers it's on people's emotions right it's mm. you know it's, if, if they feel it is not there that sentiment is not there then it doesn't perform well right it's, it's performing well at all like, the u.s consumer has the most debt it's ever had U.S. federal debt is at the highest levels ever it's growing like wildfire they can't service it it's this is the, the worst economy I've ever seen. Well, I can't remember when so many banks went up, but um, that might be just my naivety of not knowing, you know, banking history in the US very well. But um, there's been a lot of closures of the regional banks and things that seem to happen quite on a regular basis. Uh, but I, I, on the text side, like I'm, <clears throat> I don't, I think I've sort of just decided I haven't liked the last decade of tech. It's just gone too, for my liking, it's just gone too big, too successful, too popular, just, just a lot of, too greedy, just just a lot of, um, and just like a lot of like not very good businesses. If you just actually look at them, like what they're doing, it's like all these like SaaS companies selling to other SaaS companies selling to other companies that are, and they're like all these like overinflated prices. And so I, I would love a reset of, a lot of that stuff. I'm not saying I'd hate necessarily all SaaS. I actually quite like SaaS, but it's just gone too fast. It's just too. That, that's going to happen. If interest rates go back to reasonable levels and they stay there long enough, the market will resolve all that. Yeah. All, all the bad businesses that weren't yeah. profitable, that couldn't function, uh, they will eventually have to see see the light. And and like software, like there's always this talk about software in the world, but it's like. Software, if you just think about it, it's really a commodity. Like, why is it worth so much? It shouldn't actually, it should be like one of the cheapest things around, I think. It should be 
you know, if you want to make a website or whatever, that should be like the cheap, easiest, yeah, cheapest yeah, thing to do. No, but it's so expensive it's, nowadays. But it's not because the the most expensive thing in most production of anything at all is generally labor, you know, and software itself is a labor-based business, right? So its expenses are always going to be quite high, you know. But so, why, why is it why is it cost why is it cost so much to make a basic website? Why does it cost so much? It's just I find it ridiculous. Oh, the answer is simple: pay my wage. <laughs> JavaScript. I love it. <laughs> javascript i love it no i don't recommend it like the thing with ai taking everyone's jobs i think part of that is not that the ai is like super smart it's it's like the actual work is not that hard it shouldn't be that hard to basically plug a few we, things we've together. added a lot of complexity yeah and, and we've made things far more complicated than what you, you tweeted it perfectly the other day right was <laughs> it we download some html oh, yeah. download some javascript that then goes and fetches more JavaScript and more HTML. That well, it's just bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Now I disagree with both of you, right? Because I, you know, I've lived long enough through, you know, the original, you know, web where it was very simple and everything else. What mm. you do now is fundamentally brilliant in comparison, right? So it's just an evolution of a, a whole technology scene right so if you go with the dot-com bubble it was like just this huge rush stupid money going mm, in yeah. every idea and that was an unsustainable one and it busted down but it slowly crept up again and you will end up with a lot of these businesses all competing of which the best ones will survive the others will die right one you know this especially with things like we would have like platform lock-ins right twitter was unsurmountable right it had so many people and it was an absolute lock you can see that cracking open now. The tech scene yeah. now and what will be in 10 years will be totally different. It will be complicated. There will be complicated ideas. It will this be. Is so, this is so much, like you just, like I'm obviously just making this up, but like I've seen in companies where they've got a design system, I actually quite like design systems. You know, it's a good way to improve accessibility and, you know, to have some sort of internal API. But if you just like look at them like on paper, it's like, how much is this design system costing to maintain? Like a million dollars a year. And then it's like, yeah. what value do you get out of it? Well, okay, our buttons are our brand color. It's like, and you know, our calendar is the one that the developers really wanted. You know, it's like this stuff should be really just commodities. Like why, why See, does I, it cost? I think you touched on one thing, right? Where is the models of uh, like the last decade or more were based upon you, if you can put out more features and you can get more things done and get yeah. a larger scale by having lots more people, right? Yeah. And the general skills of those people become very diverse. You'll have some really good ones. You'll have some, a lot in the middle, and then you'll have, uh, you know, your stragglers who are just filling up. But you just keep filling those things up because they can still do a feature or two and get them out, right, and, and contribute to it. So the more you've got, the more features, the more you can dominate. Yeah. I don't think that is sustainable right no. like that that is a bit intellectually bankrupt i think you can do a lot more with a lot less and actually really tight focus on those and exactly because the apps end up worse that you keep adding more features and the thing just gets really complicated and then it sort of needs to be disrupted by someone with a far simpler feature set that sort of rethought the problem a bit and so what you're just going to throw that whole thing that whole other business no, away i think that's, that's that's the beauty of the tech market yeah. right Nothing, you know, if, so you wasteful. if you can do something with a lot less and be more nimble and more agile and getting your focus right, you will disrupt a very large incumbent who has built on that slowness but large scale, right? So, you know, they get better by doing just a small improvement across a very large customer base. 
But yeah. if you are actually uh, sort of a bit more nimble, you have to take larger risks. You have to do something great in order to bust in, in order to just survive. That's the good thing. You, you do a few of those, some of them will take hold. Well, that's, that's the key thing. It's like almost like these big companies with lots of devs. It's like they don't have to take any risks. It's almost like they are kind of find maybe they're shooting themselves in the foot by just keep adding features, adding features, adding features, making the app more complicated. But they can succeed by doing that. And, you know, they can succeed by having these huge teams that cost a lot. And so I wonder if that changes where that... Your tech, tech isn't everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the fact that you can deliver a website nice and fast and quick and simple and, you know, embrace the basics does not guarantee success. Like I always look at Craigslist as a great example yeah. of a very simple site. Everyone used it and was eaten by every other single person that was spin off, right? From real estate, car classified, all of those sort of things. There's yeah. all specialist sites that just do it just so much better that it was just eaten alive at its very core because it just didn't get its focus right. I think that's just the evolution of that. I think it is too, yeah. I agree with you there, and, and that's perfectly fine. And uh, it's going to keep evolving. I, with the, the way those businesses evolve and the, that service sort of sector evolves is sort of independent of how tech is evolving. I think that's some of the objection there you might have, Pat, and I tend to agree with it, that just the complexity in tech that's, um, you know, made it so difficult to, to do anything. And, and yeah, complexity in tech and complexity in product, I think. Just a lot of products today, they just... I think it's just too complicated. See, it's I, almost I, like the, 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 the big I'd team. A lot of the products actually look very similar, right? Well, so but a lot it's of almost like the big. Now. It's almost like the big team needs to have the big product to um, justify why they've got the big team, and the big product justifies having the big team, and they can be this huge dinosaur, and they're not going to fail because it because the the reach the level of success, and they can sort of bat out competition, but yeah. It's, I don't think that I don't think big products necessarily a good playbook. Yeah, look, I, I I don't think it's necessarily big. I think it's the underlying principles of what you're doing there. Like I've worked at places where it's got to be professional, right? And their concept of professional is boring, all right? Yeah. Whereas actually you look at something like um, Discord's release notes, whoever writes those, shout out to you, they're bloody hilarious. You know, like I, I remember reading release notes which said, look, it was late, it was a Friday, we release things, let's never speak of it again. <laughs> you, know, you just relate to it, you go, yeah, good one, fellas, and, and off you go. Or, like, I don't know if you saw UpBank's latest update where they basically got a financial health dashboard, but it's a in a Winamp skin. Try and do that in any other bank. Oh, I love I loved Winamp. That was great. That, that requires courage, boldness, and confidence to fail, right? Mm that wanting to just take risks and being okay with failing sometimes is what sets out really great things from really just everything looks the same and it's a bit boring tech you know complicated and boring awesome. let's, let's let's wrap any interesting uh, tools or uh software things that we've found this last week or non-software random things i found none because I, I i got stuck on bodies on netflix um, what is that I'm traveling detective thing. It was originally okay. a comedy of some sort, but it's actually exceptional, like really, really good. Right. Cool. Okay. You love it, I mean. I, I know, you okay. know you love a good detective show. I love them. I, I know you love a good English detective show. It's all something. 
Uh, yeah, like Columbo is still one of my favorite shows. I and if you had Columbo with time traveling, with oh, you're all in. Couldn't get better. What's it called? Bodies. Bodies. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to check that out. Pat, anything interesting? Uh, probably. I can't. Or even just a hot take. Give us a hot take for the week. Just something super controversial. Uh, I can't think of anything. I mean, apart from that, he hates all current technology. <laughs> no, I don't hate all current technology. Are you maximum cynical? Are you like... No, I think you misunderstand. I, I don't hate all technology. I, uh, I just uh, park for simpler days. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. Let's wrap it here, and I'll uh, see you all next week. Although I'm out of town next week, so you have to manage without me. Sure, we'll find a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. We'll catch you all next time. <laughs>